The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. We've talked often about how great it would be if you could figure out what the next big thing is, the next trend, jump on board, invest, profit. On this edition of Stock Insiders, I'm going to introduce you to an investment opportunity you may never have considered. And we're taking to the skies for this one. No, it's not an airliner. It's Australia's largest independent aerospace engineering manufacturing and aftermarket services company, Quickstep, which operates out of our East Coast, smoothly pivoting in the face of the pandemic, expertly anticipating changing industry demands and flying high with tech advances that has recently seen them have to really sort of re their signing pens. And you know what? I have spent hours down the proverbial rabbit hole following their journey over the past week or so. It's a team of innovators with big plans. They've brought back local aircraft maintenance capabilities. They've created drone hardware. They've built unmanned cargo planes for Europe. The list goes on. So before I get carried away and do this entire interview myself, let's meet our captain for this edition, Quick Steps CEO and MD, Mark Burgess. Hello. Hello, Christina. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Nate, let's get a bit of a background on yourself first. You've spent your adult life in the aerospace industry. Tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up? So when I was growing up, I, I really wanted to be a fighter pilot. Um, but I think my, uh, my maths skills were probably not up to it. Um, had a, a putative attempt at joining the Navy and then chose a path that was uh, university uh, and then um, the working world. And you've ended up up in the skies anyway. Yeah, well, look, aerospace always fascinated me uh, ever since I was a small child. All facets of it, whether it be commercial airliners, fighter jets or, or, or space. Um, really exciting field to work in. Um, obviously, I'm from the UK and the aerospace sector in the UK is, is still very large and very successful. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to get a role with British Aerospace shortly after leaving university uh, and never look back. All right, where to start on the quick step journey? Because when I look back at the history of the company, it feels kind of like it's taken you a while to become an overnight success story. Take us back to before your time. What was the genesis of quick step? So quick step was founded over in Perth, WA um, in 2001. So uh, we, we recently celebrated our 20th anniversary. Um, family founder, inventor, owner, um, to develop a an out-of-autoclave, so a new manufacturing process to make carbon fibre components for all manner of applications, listed in 2005. And then around 2010, won some positions on the F-35 fighter programme, which necessitated then uh, the development of manufacturing capability. Uh, and we moved into what was uh, formerly the Boeing site in Western Sydney at Bankstown. Boeing were closing and, and vacating that site and consolidating down in Melbourne. Uh, and we came in and took over about a quarter of that site footprint. Um, so over the last 10 or 12 years, went from a pure play technology business. We still um, work on technology, particularly manufacturing process technology and, and product, all with a carbon fiber theme. And indeed, that very foundational technology we use now in the production of drones, it's an important differentiator 
for us. Let's let's go let's go to two, 2019. Yep. So when you look at the look at the stocks, it was a pretty good year for Quickstep. What had the company changed about how it operated? So I came in in um, middle of 2017. Uh, we just posted an enormous loss on on about 50 million of revenue. We lost about seven million dollars. We had um, we had some good positions on some important contracts, but we were we were not the, the business was not being run in a commercially sound way. And so I came in. We, we made some significant changes to the structure of the business, the the, the leadership of the business um, in terms of significant reduction in the size of the board, the size of the size of the leadership team, implemented lean manufacturing processes, closed our site in Germany. And where that led us to by 2019 was an inaugural profit and an inaugural year of uh, positive operating cash flow. Mm. So we were able to continue to grow the business, uh, but we were now doing so with um, strong cash flows uh, and an, an imp- a dramatically improved profit position which created the baseline to allow us to invest in in new businesses. All right. So 2019, things were great. You had the, the, the positive cash flow at last. Then COVID hit, which uh, I think taught airlines and those working in aviation a few things. Uh, and what I find really interesting is that right at that juncture, Quickstep was beginning a pretty big pivot, which was Almost, when I'm looking back at it, it's almost like you had hold of some crystal ball because you challenged the aviation industry's move to offshore aircraft maintenance. Why did you think that would be successful? Yeah, so you're quite right. When COVID hit, um, we had already got very advanced plans about our presence in the US, which obviously was significantly impacted by uh, the border closures for two years. So that, that plan had to be forestalled. And we also saw that there was the very beginnings of a generational shift of of airline maintenance work being done onshore to reduce turnaround times, reduce transportation costs and reduce emissions. And we commenced the process to to look at the acquisition of uh, an aftermarket business from Boeing down in Melbourne. And again, delayed because of COVID. Um, But importantly, we were we were working on how we could diversify the business away from what had become the core business, which was just defence uh, aerospace contract manufacturing, where you only compete on quality delivery and cost. You don't have any uh, design rights in the product or the process. Uh, you can't change things, and and it's a competitive environment uh, and, and one where you've got limited margin opportunity. So we, we, we went ahead uh, and continued, in fact, with the acquisition of the aftermarket business, despite COVID raging around us, um, as well as beginning the process of um, moving into drones, which we yeah. saw as another um, explosive segment. Uh, we took a couple of equity positions in, in two very promising Australian businesses, Carbonics and Swoop, uh, and became their manufacturing partners. Um, so we, we commenced that build out of two new lines of business uh, in the thick of COVID, obviously with the with the negative impact of not being able to leave the country, uh, which in a globalised aerospace industry is a really very significant constraint on our ability to develop the business. But we built, you know, we 2020 and 2021 were strong performance years for us in terms of revenue growth, profitability and cash flow. Obviously, we'd been heavily impacted by um, the Black Swan event of the pandemic and our share price 
collapsed in in uh, March of 2020. You know, we went we went into the pandemic with a market cap around 130 million strong um, shareholder register with about 55% institutionally held, and that all unravelled due to the the pandemic. Albeit yeah. our performance in those two years in the Northern Hemisphere pandemic period was really strong. Uh, but it was not reflected in our share price. I think it's really interesting that you know going back to the the offshore and onshore aircraft maintenance, because one of the reasons that they gave for going offshore in the first place was competitiveness on lower wages. So how are you able to compete in that field? Yeah, look. So historically, um, Australia had leveraged the supply chain across the Northern Hemisphere, in particular in Asia. And if you go back 30 years, the labour different, the labour cost differential between Australia and most parts of Asia was huge. Now, labour in, 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 in most Asian markets continues to increase in cost. That gap has closed. But we also see that there is person for person very high productivity in what is a very skilled job. And, and what we've found over the last two or three years is that one offsets the other. That although in aggregate, unit labour costs are about 40% higher in Australia than they are in most of our competitor, competitor Asian markets, unit labour productivity is also about 40% higher. And what that does is it negates labour as a key determinant of price. Let's talk about the manufacturing, not something that Australia has really built its reputation on we'd both have to admit, why the belief that a quick step could do what others couldn't or hadn't been able to achieve? Yeah, look, one of my great uh, frustrations is that Australia worldwide is known for beaches and kangaroos. Um, it does not promote itself as, a, as an effective or successful location for manufacturing. But the flip side of the tyranny of distance is, is that Australia is incredibly capable the engineering staff that we've got are very ingenious, creative, agile, because they have to be. You know, you can't just reach out across the English Channel to a supplier in Germany or go to an adjacent state like you do in the in the US to find a good supplier. You have to work through these challenges here. And, and that, that generates a degree of, of capability that is, in my experience, quite unique around the world. Typically, on, on the manufacturing programs that we have, we are typically the best supplier on those programs and that's not an accident that's to do with the diligence of our people and the individual capability of our people um, and, and we we are very successful and profitable at that contract manufacturing piece and there are not many companies around the world that can claim that uh, and there's a lot of mediocrity in that supply chain as well making carbon fiber parts profitably and at high quality is difficult and we do it very well yeah. And the thing is, too, you've mentioned the drones. You recognise trends um, really early on um, in this aerospace manufacturing area. So let's talk about Quick Step, the innovator for future tech and aviation, the recent contracts that are up on your very full achievement board. Um, share a bit more about the drone, the drones for us. How did you get involved in that? Well, it kind of goes back to the comment about the ingenuity and creativity in Australia, that there is no significant outside of aviation uh, maintenance repair and overhaul there's no significant domestic market in aerospace 
So you have to constantly innovate your business model and you have to be constantly looking for where you see those trends in the global marketplace and how we can how we can play in those segments on a differentiated basis and be successful against really tough competition in other parts of the world. So we don't just have that innovation capability in manufacturing processes and product development, and we do, but we also are continually looking at what segments an Australian aerospace company far away from most of its markets can play in and play in successfully. And that's, you know, that that's why we looked at aviation aftermarket. That's a strong domestic market with good local airlines that we can go after. There's a generational shift going on. Same with drones. That the, 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 the many people say, well, I don't want my coffee delivered by drones, but that misunderstands where that market is going. In terms of border protection or linear infrastructure, surveying power lines or, or pipelines or agricultural locations or mining locations, the commercial applications for drones are huge and growing. We've not even thought of half of the use cases yet. We did a really interesting uh, discussion. We had an interesting discussion with Carbonics earlier on this year. So for our listeners, if you want to um, go back through Stockhead and look at, I think it was on, on the bid that we did that. And I didn't realise at the time that there was another Australian venture involved with them supplying the, the hardware. Yeah, well, so we're great proponents of Carbonics. They've got an incredible drone capability, quite unique in the world in our view. We have an equity stake in that business. I sit on the board of Carbonics. Um, we are also working with them very closely to be their front end in the United States as well mm. as a force multiplier. We, we see great opportunity for that business, particularly in the US with the products that they're offering. Now, this is one of the contracts that you've inked. How big is that contract worth? So the, the, the most recent contract we announced with Carbonics was worth 2.3 million. That was announced earlier this year, uh, but that was for the first 40 aircraft. We, we expect, including the engineering and, and the tooling associated, but we expect that to just be the beginning. Yeah. Now you talked about you know coffees being delivered by drones, and I'm going to choose um, topic. I'm going to choose innovation number two. And for those of you who are listening, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you'll have heard of uh, all the tests of unmanned trucks and delivery vans, so big scale delivery. You are actually part of a team there that's doing the same thing in the skies. And when we're not talking the small Uber Eats style delivery, are we over Europe? No, we uh, we announced a contract um, in January, I think, with a company called Dronamics in Europe. They they conducted their first flight uh, just two weeks ago of a very large unmanned aircraft carries about three hundred and fifty kilos, similar to a light delivery vehicle, and it can carry that cargo more than two thousand kilometres. And their their core business is is um, to be the world's first unmanned cargo delivery airline working in partnership with global brands like Hellerman and DHL. And we've been working with them on the engineering design for manufacture, and we will produce the first 10 of those aircraft. We'll produce them at Bankstown, the first complete aircraft to be built in Bankstown for more than three decades. Um, Another great example of, of innovation. And they came to Australia not because it was close or because it was easy, quite the opposite. They came to Australia because we were offering them something that nobody else in the world could offer them in terms of that integration of engineering, manufacturing provenance and production of complete aircraft. 
Oh, congratulations. I think it's a fantastic accolade for yourselves and what you're doing. It's absolutely brilliant. And those aircraft look like a mini Antonov in some ways. Yeah, they do. It's, it's a really interesting concept um, and one that we think, you know, in places like Australia for unserved or underserved locations, whether it be in an archipelago like Indonesia or in outback Australia or in remote locations in Europe and North America, the opportunity for that. And, and when we think about innovation, businesses like Hellerman Global Logistics and DHL are past masters at innovating in their business models. And they see this as a really significant component of their business going forward. Um, and we're delighted to be involved. So list off the ways that you do things that attract so much interest. What are you doing better? What are the, what are the key points? Well, there's, there's several. So, so the ability to integrate highly competent design engineering with industrial engineering, with new product introduction, build, supply and sustainment, the aftermarket once they're in service. There are very few medium-sized businesses that have got that end-to-end value proposition. And medium is important because we're competing in most cases against the large global aerospace players. They are not agile. They cannot move at the pace of a startup. We can. So we can bring to bear the complete remit that's required, but do it in a 300-person organization where we can move in days and weeks, not months and years. Yeah. Various analysts have put a strong buy recommendation on Quickstep recently. How do you respond to that? Oh, look, I'm the CEO, so obviously I think it's a strong buy. (laughs) It's not perhaps had the impact on the market that we would like. Uh, I mean, COVID uh, and the shift in the register uh, has been especially unhelpful. So now it's an 80% retail held stock, thinly traded. Um, we've had a we've had a really tough year because of the impacts of, of the pandemic being felt last year in Australia, as opposed to the two prior years in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and that's really impacted our financial performance. But that combination of the, the downward spiral because of COVID, even though our performance was unaffected, and then last year's COVID impacted performance has put some downward pressure on the on, on the stock. And, um, you know, those strong buyers and, and, and the, the great institutional support that we still enjoy out in the market, Australian Super, for example, is our largest single shareholder. And um, we, we need to tap into that, but it's difficult for those uh, funds to buy into a thinly traded, relatively illiquid stock. And you need trigger events for that. And that's what we're working on over the next few months. Okay, so where to? What are those What are those events going to be? Well, we, we recently went through a strategic review of the aftermarket business. We've now renegotiated some core contracts with domestic airlines. We've got that business on a really solid footing. And the growth projections over the next three to five years for that business are really exciting. I mean, really exciting. Uh, and, and underpinned by support from the big aeros- uh, a- a- aviation companies, airlines in Australia. The drones business and the fact that we will um, soon announce um, a move into the US market with our inaugural um, engineering and manufacturing location in the States. There'll be more to come on that in the next few weeks. The drones business is is also going to be, it's going to give some sizzle to this business. I mean, the irony at the moment is most of my customers in that domain 
their their private market valuations are 10x my market cap except we're doing more business in that in that field than they are and i think we just need to get better at communicating to the investment community that nobody else is winning the kinds of contracts that we're winning in the drone space nobody else is offering that end-to-end uh, remit of engineering manufacturing and support that we can offer and we've carved out a really strong position and a really strong value proposition in that market so between the airlines business and the drones business there's going to be some incredibly exciting growth over the next few years so true so very true and within the core defense business um you know there is obviously the tailwind effect of record defense expenditure in australia um that's a tough competitive market where politics play a very significant role it's also a very long cycle market so when you win, you win big, but it takes five years to win contract positions. And all of the contract awards or re-awards that we've announced over the last 12 months, you know, that's really important. This, this is US businesses typically coming back to us and saying, you've performed so well, we're now going to give you a three-year contract. Uh, so almost all of our contracts have uh, contract certainty out until 2026 and beyond. Mm because we consistently perform on those contracts. Now, pursuing new growth in defense, it's tough, but having a presence in the States is going to help that. Having the support of large global companies like Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman absolutely helps. And we're doing a lot of work with government locally to ensure that we have significant bid and business winning opportunities for the defense business too. Mark, it's a really interesting story. Can I get you to throw one stat at everyone before we leave? Because I was, I was looking at this. So carbon fibre, so we traditionally think of aeroplanes as being made out of metal. Um, but carbon fibre is being used increasingly in the construction of new aircraft as well, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. So if you look at the airframe, so the, the, the body of the aircraft, if you will, a 737 that, uh, that Qantas or, or Virgin currently run is about 15% composite material. Whereas the 787 and the A350s that Qantas have committed to is more like 55% carbon fiber. So a huge increase. And, and if you look at the defense aviation world, the F-35 program, and we have half a million dollars worth of content on every single F-35 built, that is essentially a 100% carbon fiber airframe. And so we see this continuing to grow. Carbon fiber is the material of choice in the aviation sector, but increasingly we're seeing it in uh, ground transportation for electric vehicles or zero emission vehicles, as well as in hydrogen storage and transportation. All those tanks are going to be built out of carbon fiber. The, The applications for this material and for specialists in this field are large and growing at a significant rate. Mark, I can feel this becoming a long-haul flight, this discussion, and a really interesting one, though, up, up the pointy end in the, in the first-class seats, but we are going to have to leave it there. No, that's great. Thank you very much, Christina. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Tray table's back. Seats in the upright position, team. We're coming in for a landing. Uh, Quickstep CEO and MD Mark Burgess. Uh, they've achieved some amazing things, uh, absolutely amazing things. As always, everyone, do your own research. It's an interesting story, this one. As I said at the start, it has taken them a while to become an overnight success with international recognition. They are on their way, it sounds. Is there enough to make you buy a ticket and jump on board the Quickstep flight? Let's see. You've been listening to Stock Insiders. I'm Christina Morrissey, and we'll talk again soon.